Well, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to all of you. Um, how many of you are, um, you, uh, you haven't gotten your mom anything for Mother's Day yet? And so, uh, is anybody out there? All right, you can admit it. This is church. All right, let's be honest. Okay, man, some of you guys sitting next to your moms. It's probably not great. Didn't think about that. But, um, but I'll see you at the Walmart um, card aisle after church. I always do. And so it's good because none of us judge each other because we're all in the same we're on the same boat there. But uh, hey, moms, just want to say we are so uh, thankful that you guys are a part of our church. Obviously, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And uh, we appreciate everything that you do. We know that your job is not easy. Um, but uh, we're just glad that uh, uh, we got a bunch of moms that are, you know, fully involved, involved with our church here in Tiffin. And it's just a, just a good thing. Uh, question for you guys, um, as we kick off this morning, how many of you grew up going to like the local pool? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah. Um, Tiffin, you know, you, at, uh, at Hedges, or uh, maybe, um, let's see, Meadowbrook Park. Got Meadowbrook Park people out there? Okay, all right. For me, I grew up in Fremont, and so it was either the Fremont Rec Center or the White Star Park in Gibsonburg or Whirlpool Park. Oh, may she rest in peace. Um, he's gone now. But uh, that's where I spent, like, my childhood, I feel like. You know, going to the pool in summer is just something that you do. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but uh, me and my friends, like, it would always be, like, my group of friends where we'd go. And we'd get the mom to throw us all in a van and take us over there. And we'd be there all day um, with, like, $2, you know, that we'd hide in our shoes and stuff like that. And no one would ever go there to grab it. But uh, to get, like, you know, the candy or whatever they got. But, um... But I don't know if you're like me, we, me and my group of friends, whichever place we'd go to, we, all, we were always getting in trouble. You know what I mean? The whistle was always blowing at us. And uh, as a kid, you know how it is? You're like, you, first of all, you play dumb. It's like, what? Oh, you know, and then me? Me? Because the lifeguard's so far away. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah, we all have been there. Um, and so that was us. And what we viewed, I mean, think about it. We're there at the pool to have fun. All right, we're spending a whole day with our friends. We're there to have fun. We're, and what we viewed the lifeguard or who we viewed the lifeguard as was the person who's trying to take our fun from us in the name of safety. We didn't care about safety. Who cares about safety? You know, but that's what the lifeguard is doing. It's kind of funny because, you, you know, as you would go on a regular basis, you kind of know which lifeguards are the cool lifeguards and which lifeguards are the not cool lifeguards and are the ones that are all about the rules. And you kind of knew how to um, come as close to the line as possible depending on the lifeguard. And it's interesting that uh, that's kind of how we, you know, lived our lives, at least as we were kids well, at the public pool. But if, and, and we didn't care about the lifeguards. We didn't really want anything to do with the lifeguards. But if something were to happen... All of us, we all expected the lifeguard to save us, right? No matter how much of a jerk and a punk kid we were to the lifeguard, we all expected them to do their job. Like if we needed help, they better be there to help. You ever treat God like a lifeguard? You know what I'm talking about? God sitting in his lofty seat way above everybody else, watching us do our thing, watching us live our life. And that's kind of what I think a lot of us like. We like God at a distance. We don't want God right in our lives. We want God at a distance. And, and for us, we're constantly stepping over the line, right? That's what the Bible calls sin. We're constantly doing things that we're not supposed to be doing and breaking, let's say, the rules. Um, but uh, we want to do life our way. But then when something goes wrong, we think, well, God better show up. 
Right, when something doesn't go the way that we plan, we're like, hey, God, you need to come here and you need to fix this. And if he doesn't show up the way that we want him to show up or he doesn't answer our prayers in the way that we told him to, we start questioning him. You know, we think to ourselves, we're like, God didn't answer my prayer. What do I do with that? Okay, maybe it's because God doesn't care. Maybe God's got more stuff going on in my life. Maybe he just doesn't care what's going on. Or some of us, we even go a step further. We say, maybe God isn't there. And so for us, we're trying to figure out what to do with this issue. And today, that's what we're going to do. We are going to attempt to answer the question, why doesn't God answer my prayer? Have you ever asked that? Once in a while in your life, like, God, what's going on here? All right, I've been praying for this or I've been asking this for a long time. Have you ever, like, maybe even if you haven't questioned it, which I think every single one of us in this room, if we're honest with ourselves, every single one of us, we have questioned that and we have asked that question to God before. Um, but at least all of us have felt that, right? We're just like, what's going on here? Why isn't God answering this? It's interesting because as Jesus was um, doing his public ministry, which was about three-ish years um, at, the end, at the end of his life, uh, Jesus talked a lot about prayer. And so I think prayer is important. I think it's safe to say that prayer is important. I don't know anybody. Um, I've never met any Christian who's like, yeah, I pray enough. You know, we're all like, yeah, that's something. You know, it's like the guilt. It's like, ah, that's something I should be doing better. You know, I should be probably praying more. And so Jesus had a lot to say about prayer. And one day, Jesus, he's got this huge crowd around him. They're actually out in the country. Um, and uh, Jesus walks up to the top of this hill. He sits down in the grass and he begins to teach. And um, this is one of the things that he actually brings up, this issue. This is what he says. He says, hey, suppose one of you has a friend, okay? And he goes to him at midnight and he says to him, hey, friend, okay? So these, he's, he's kind of introducing us to two different guys, all right? And they happen to be neighbors and, he's, and they're friends, okay? So these guys got a great relationship with each other. And so he says, hey, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, okay? Hey, could I have some bread? Because a friend of mine, Another guy has come on a journey, has come to me, and I don't have anything to offer him. Now, this was a big deal, especially within their culture. It's actually kind of a big deal still in our culture. All right, back then, hospitality was like everything. So if someone comes into your house, all right, you are to feed them and you're to, you know, give them a drink, okay? Similar to how we kind of, like, we haven't strayed that far from that today. You'd assume, like, if it's you know, someone's at your house and it's like dinner time or something, usually we offer them, right, something to eat. Maybe we're stingy, we don't do that, I don't know. But, uh, but usually that's what we do. You know, we, we try to be hospitable, especially after a big trip. That's what this guy is doing. So, so you got these two guys. They happen to be neighbors, okay, and it's midnight, so it's late. This um, traveler comes, who happens to be a friend. He comes to this first guy's house, and, uh, and this guy has nothing to offer him. He's got no bread. He hasn't done it. You know, all the food's gone, and he's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And so as Jesus is telling the story to this crowd, they're all like, oh, man, that's bad. Yikes. That's, uh, that's kind of rude. That's messed up. This is a problem to the people within this culture. And so Jesus goes on. He says then what he's going to do, so he's going to go to his friend's house, right, his neighbor, and, he will, and he's going to knock and he's going to ask for that bread. And then he will answer him from inside. And he says, hey, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I have already gone to bed and I can't give up to give you anything. Now moms, okay, you know how this is. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, you ever uh, have friends over and, and you finally get every kid to bed, every last kid to bed, and it's like, okay, it's done. And then it's getting a little rowdy in the living room or family room or whatever, and you're like, hey, keep it down or I'm going to kill you. You wake one of those kids up. You know what I'm talking about? 
And um, yeah, and if you haven't said that out loud, moms, you have thought it, okay, which is just as bad. So, I mean, you, we know how this is. That's what this guy's feeling. This guy's like, no, 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 no. Hey, stop knocking on my door. All right, my kids are in bed. The door's already locked. I've already gone to sleep. All right, I'm not trying to wake everybody up just so you can fix your problem, just so you, um, just so I can give you some, some food. And, uh, and so this guy's in that position. So he says, no, all right? He says, actually, don't bother me. And he's, so Jesus tells him this. He says, I tell you that even though that neighbor won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend. He's saying even though these two guys are friends, the friendship isn't enough to, to make this guy get up. Okay? It's not worth it to him. He says, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, the guy who's knocking on the door, he says he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Shameless boldness. I mean, you know how that is, moms, as well. Okay? Or parents. This is really parents in general. Um, you ever tell your kids no? And they keep asking? Does that ever happen once in a while? We're like, stop asking me the same question. No, I said no. But then they keep on asking and asking and asking and asking. And our kids are shameless, right? Like we know how that is. And they won't stop and they won't shut up. And they wear you down. Has that ever happened to you sometimes? Maybe once in a while? Okay, yeah, yeah. Until finally you're like, okay, fine. Here it is. Okay, go. I don't care anymore. Okay, you can have it. We'll do whatever you want to do. You can jump off the roof into the pool. That's Totally fine, you'll probably be okay. You know, that's like that type of thing. We're like, I don't care anymore. Whatever happens to you, happens. All right, it's kind of interesting. That's how this guy is. That's, that's what Jesus is pointing out. That's really Jesus' whole point. He's saying, this guy, they're good friends. This neighbor, he's not going to get up to give this guy some bread, even though this guy's got some problems, even though they're good friends. It's just the friendship doesn't pull them together. But you know what will get that guy up? Is if his friend, is if his neighbor doesn't stop knocking, keeps asking and asking and asking and asking. And what Jesus is saying, his whole point is, hey, that's how we should pray. That's how we should talk to God. With shameless boldness. Where we don't stop. And we keep asking and asking and asking. Literally, here's Jesus saying, I want you to wear me out with your prayers. Right? I want you to talk to me. He's saying, hey, whatever you do, don't stop praying. Whatever you got going on in your life, don't stop talking to me. And check out what Jesus says next. He says, ask. By the way, these are commands. He's not asking you to ask. Okay, he's telling us to ask. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. He says, for everyone, right? Well, it's actually, this word everyone, the whole context of what, who Jesus is talking to as he's sitting on the, in the grass on this hill, is he's talking to people who have, who have given their lives over to him. So everything uh, within this conversation, that's what he's referring to. So really, it's not everyone, it's every Christian, or every, not just every person who says they're a Christian, but every person who has actually given their lives over to Jesus. He says, for everyone, all right, every Christian who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open." And so here's Jesus, right? He's given us these commands. He said, hey, this is what I want you guys to do. I want you guys to ask, I want you to seek, and I want you to knock. 
And uh, actually, in the Greek, this isn't just like a one-time thing. It's not like, hey, if you, you know, you're having a bad day, you know, ask, or, you know, whatever it might be, hey, just ask God and, and that's going to, no, this is actually in the original language, in the Greek, what Jesus is actually saying is he's saying, hey, you need to ask and ask and ask and ask and keep on asking. All right, it's a repetitive thing. It's a thing that you do over and over and over and over and over again. It's a, hey, I want you to seek, 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 or look, 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 and keep on looking. I want you to knock, 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 and keep on knocking. And not only is Jesus saying this as a repetitive thing, right, he's also, uh, this intensifies as he goes down the list. So first he says, hey, I want you to ask. This is super general, all right? He uses a super general word here, where it's just like, hey, yeah, ask for, you know, whatever. And then he goes, seek, all right? This is a lot more effort, okay? To look for something, you got to put more effort into it. And then he says, knock. And this knock, that, this word for knock that he uses, it's actually more aggressive, all right? These things get more intense. It's more like a pounding on the door, like what this guy was doing in the story. See, Jesus is saying, that's how we should pray. Now, that's not really how we pray, is it? Not usually. I mean, that's not how we really pray. I think most of us, we're all in the same boat, okay, because we're all messed up. Um, we view prayer as kind of an inconvenience. You know, like, uh, you know, I know I should pray. I'm praying to you, God, because this is what I'm supposed to do, and so I'm doing it, you know, to get my brownie points or whatever, you know, it might be in our minds. Or we view prayer simply as a lifeline, okay? It's there when we need it. Like, we just don't usually need it. Like, I, I'm, my life is good right now, so I don't really need to pray, but it's the treating God as a lifeguard, all right? God's a lifeguard. He's watching uh, us live our life, and, and we'll call out to him when we need him, but we just, everything seems to be going good. We just, I don't know, I just don't need him all that much right now. But we do want him when we get into trouble, okay? Right? That's what we do. We say, hey, God, um, I want to take you, and you just stay right here, God. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to go do my thing. But if something goes wrong, you better come over here and fix it. That's what we use prayer for. And it's messed up. It's not how Jesus tells us to pray. Think about this. I was thinking about this this week, and this, man, this got me thinking, all right? Some of us, all of us, okay, some of us more than others, all, our, our prayers a lot of times are so wimpy, you know? Like our, some of us, our prayers, the things that we pray for, so lame. Okay, some of you guys need to hear that this morning, okay? The prayers that we pray for are so lame. Like think about this. What are you asking God for? What do you on a regular basis ask for God for? What are you asking for? What are you, what are you looking for? What are you pounding on God's door for? Think about this. Let's put it in this, this way. What if God came to you this afternoon and said, hey, everything you prayed for last week, answers yes, I got it, taken care of, I'm giving it all to you. Would the world be any better? Would the world be any different? Yeah, you'd have your good parking spots and your foot would stop hurting and college football would be back on next week, okay, which I would appreciate. But do you actually pray for anything that actually matters? See, I think a lot of us, what we do, we pray for just a bunch of dumb little things. I think we all do that. 
pray for all these tiny little things that don't really matter. They don't matter in the grand scheme of things. A lot of it's just for our personal comfort so that things will be better for us or th we think things will be better for us. But here we have God of the universe commanding us, not asking us. He's commanding us to ask and seek and knock. Like think about this. I don't think we think about this hardly ever. All right, think about this. How cool is that? God, all-powerful, right? We are nothing compared to him. He's saying, yeah, yeah, talk to me. I want you to talk to me. Like what an opportunity, man. What a gift he has given us. And most of us, what do we do? We completely waste it. And I think part of the reason why we waste that opportunity to pray to the creator of the universe is because sometimes it seems like God doesn't answer our prayer. Have you been there? Where it's like you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And maybe the thing that you're praying for, maybe let's say it's a really good thing. Like you think, you're like, man, this is, this is good. I don't understand why this is not working. Like, come on, God, what's going on here? Like, God, isn't this what you'd want? Isn't my prayer good? All right, isn't this what, you, what you'd want? But it still doesn't happen. You ever been there? We're just like, I don't, I don't understand. It sure seems like this is the best thing. What do we do with that? How does that, like, you feel the tension there? Like all of us have experienced stuff like that, but here's God, here's Jesus saying, hey, yeah, yeah, um, ask, seek, knock, right? It'll be given to you. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Like what do we do with that? It's interesting because this guy named Paul in the New Testament, he actually wrote most of the New Testament, probably um, maybe the greatest Christian to have ever have lived experienced the same feeling and the same struggle. We see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says, um, therefore, so that I would not exalt myself. Actually, can we back up one? That might be it. Okay, no, you're good. Okay, he says, therefore, uh, so that I would not exalt myself. By the way, the word exalt here, uh, this means like boasting or bragging or basically, he's, he, and Paul's given us the answer of why this happened to him right up front, which is kind of interesting. He knew. He's saying, hey, so that I would not view myself as better than anybody else. Okay. He says, a thorn in the flesh. Okay, we'll get to that in just a second. Was given to me. A messenger of Satan to torment me so that I would not exalt myself. Here he, here he goes again. He repeats himself. All right? See, what Paul's doing here is he's describing something bad that happened to him. And it's something that, that God allowed the enemy, Satan is what Paul says, all right, to do to him. Now scholars debate, scholars are all over the map on what this could possibly be. And I think we just think about it too much, to be honest. Uh, some scholars are saying, oh, no, this is a mental, mental thing. You know, he's got anxiety, he's worrying, he's just all this stuff going on. Um, or other scholars say, oh, this is just opposition to Paul. Like, um, like Satan put roadblocks in his way so that he couldn't you know, do the things that he was trying to do. And we totally understand, we totally get that Paul experienced opposition. He experienced opposition all the time. Some scholars, they say um, this is something physical, which is what I would generally believe because he literally says thorn in the flesh. Okay, it's, in, it's, in, it's something to do with his body. All right, some physical pain that Paul is going through. And, um, and, and so people debate about this. I don't really think it matters all that much. And I'm kind of glad that we don't know what the thorn was exactly in his life. Otherwise, we'd be focused on that one thing and we totally miss the point of what Paul's trying to get us to understand or what God's trying to get us to understand. Whatever it was, okay, right, some physical pain in his body, whatever it was, all right, Paul doesn't like it. In fact, what's he say? He says it was there to torment me. 
He's like, this, this thing, this pain is just tormenting me and I can't get rid of it. And it's just, it's just there. In fact, it seems like it was getting in the way of his work, right? As Paul's doing good things, right? Like he's starting churches, he's telling people about Jesus, people are getting saved. Just all this good stuff is happening. I mean, you'd think this would be the last thing that God would do. And maybe you're even sitting here going, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like Paul, God allowed some pain into his life that just, that just, Torment me, that tormented him? Why would God do that? We actually just talked about that a couple weeks ago. All right, and if you haven't heard that, you should go watch that um, the first week that we were in this series. Go watch that online or, or listen to it. But I think there could be a million good reasons why Paul allowed this in his life. And Paul knows at least one. And so what does Paul do? Good Christian guy, right? He prays, of course. He says, concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord. Have you guys been there before? We got something going on in your life and you just want out or you, you need this so bad or whatever it might be and you just plead with God. Like, have you been there? You know, we've been asking and seeking and knocking and like, come on, God, like, like let's go. I really, I really need this. You're, you're late here. Maybe it's your finances and you got some unexpected bills in your life that you didn't know were going to be there. And you're just like, oh, no, what am I going to do? How am I going to, like, dig myself out of this? And, and you're trying to figure it out. And so you're praying, praying, praying. You're pleading with God to help you. And it's just like no answer. All right, or maybe it's your marriage and you're like, I don't know what to do. Like, this, isn't, this, isn't, this marriage is not what I expected married life to be like. And, and the person has changed and we've just grown apart and I don't really know what to do here. And so you pray, 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 pray that God will give you the answer, that God will just maybe just come in and just fix the problem. And, and it's like we don't hear anything and God's not doing anything and it feels like the relationship's just, just getting worse. And it's like you're worried that, that, you know, this might end in a divorce or whatever it might be. And so you pray. Maybe it's your kids. Ever been there? Where you watch your kids and, and, and you love your kids, right? I mean, I mean, you love them so much. And, and you watch them as they grow up. They, you, you just see them kind of, you see them going down the wrong path. And you don't know what to do. And you just, and, and you've talked to them, and you've pointed this out, and you've tried to do, you know, you don't, you don't know how much you're supposed to help them because you don't want to enable them, but, but you want to help them because you're the mom and dad, and so you don't know what to do. And so you pray, 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 pray. It's like the last resort, unfortunately, for a lot of us is our prayer. And we just ask, and we're like, God, I don't know what to do with my kid. Like, my kid's going down this path. I know what's at the end of that path. It's pain and misery, and it's going to mess up their life, and, but I can't get them back. I can't get them to switch. And so you just pray, 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 pray. I pray, you should plead with them. Maybe it's your health. Or you got something, maybe you've been diagnosed with something, you got some bad news or a phone call or whatever it might be, bad doctor's visit, and you're just like, I don't know. All you can do is pray. And you plead with God, and you ask, and you seek, and you knock, and it doesn't seem like anything is happening. It doesn't seem like God is doing anything. That's what Paul's going through. Okay, that's what Paul feels like. Look, he says, I pleaded with the Lord 
three times. This isn't like, hey, I went to God. Hey, God, could you do this? Okay, thanks. And then a little later, hey, God, remember I said that? No, this isn't like three only three times. What Paul's saying, he's saying, I went to God over and over and over and over and over again. It's repetitive, just like what Jesus had told us to do. And so he's saying, hey, I went to the Lord three times that it would leave me, that he would take this pain, this thorn or whatever it might be, that he would remove it from my life. It is messing up my ministry. It would be better if I didn't have this pain in my life. But God said to me, he says, no, 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 Paul, <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness. See, here's God who just comes out and says, no, I'm not going to take that away. No, this is actually better for you. I know you can't see it, Paul. But this is actually better for you, and I want what's best for you. See, when Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, it's not like a blank check. It's not like, oh, sweet. I didn't know that verse was in there. It's like your new life verse or whatever, like your, your favorite verse. I'm going to ask him to seek, knock. All right, he's going to do whatever I want him to do. All right, it's not like you could just go to God and say, hey, God, um, I want a motorcycle. Remember that verse that you said, remember Jesus, you said this 2,000 years ago. And God, Jesus is up there like, oh, dang it, he read it. Are you kidding me? All right, like, he found the loophole, got me again. Here it is. I said I'd do it, so here you go. No, it's not how it works. It's not what God's saying. It's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying God only promises to give us good gifts. That's actually what he says next. Back to what Jesus was saying on that, on that grassy hill. He says, who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Okay, he's like, hey, if your kid comes up to you uh, and it's like, hey, mom, I'm hungry, or dad, I'm hungry, could I have some bread? You know, who's going to say, hey, no, no, I don't have bread, eat this rock, okay? We don't do that. At least I've never done that. Maybe my kids need to wear me down more. Maybe I will someday. Okay, I don't know. I don't even know why I said that. Anyway, he says, or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. He's like, no. We don't, people don't do that. Parents don't do that. He says, if you then who are evil, by the way, parents, if you're a parent in here, Jesus just called you evil. Jesus, not me. He's saying you're evil, okay, and you know you're evil because when your kids have a snow day and you're at home and you're just like, oh, now they're going to be here all day. I was going to have a day to myself. That feeling that you have on the inside, and don't act like you've never had that feeling at any time, okay. And maybe it wasn't a snow day, but it was something else. All right, that's evil, okay? Messed up, evil, bad. Um, he says, if you then, who are evil, Jesus is pointing out, he's like, you guys are evil, okay? But you know how to give good gifts to your kids, right? You evil people know how to give good gifts to your kids. But he's like, so how much more? Like, think logically here. How much more will your Father in heaven, God, give you good things to those who ask for him? For them. He's saying, hey, you got to understand this. All right, you guys are evil. You know how to give good gifts. I'm God. You think I don't know how to give good gifts? Of course I do. See, God prom only promises to give us good things. So think about it. Yeah, maybe God doesn't always do what you're asking for. Maybe God doesn't always do what you tell him to do. Maybe, just think it outside the box here, maybe that's a good thing once in a while. I mean, you ever pray for something? I mean, we even know this from our life. Like, we know this logically. It's like, you ever pray for something in the past that God didn't give it to you? Now you look back on that thing that you prayed for and you're so glad that God didn't give it? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, maybe not. Let me. Have you ever been to a high school reunion? You know? 
Where you see that person, you know what I'm talking about. You guys have all done this. Don't act like I'm the only bad person. All right. Where you see that person, that guy or girl, your ex-girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it might be. Or maybe that person that you prayed for and prayed for and prayed for. God, please help her to see me. You know, whatever it might be. Or you pray for that relationship over and over again. But now you see him 20 years later and you're just like, whoo glad that didn't work out. You know? You've been there, right? Okay, be honest. This is church. We're all messed up, okay? Yeah, sometimes it's a good thing God doesn't give us what we ask for. All right, or think about this for you moms. All right, moms, would it be good for your kids? Would it be good for them if you gave them everything they asked for? I don't know about your kids. My kids eat everything. Okay, we've talked about my daughter eating pins, tacks, and stuff before. I don't know why she does that. Um, just a couple weeks ago, my oldest son, Toby, he's in kindergarten. He was telling me, he was like, hey, Dad, I ate an ant today. And I'm like, good, we got ants. Get rid of them. I don't know. It's got to be, can't be bad for him, you know. And then my other son, Wes, he like stood up. He's like, why well, ate a pine cone? And I'm like, ah, don't know if that's good. But uh, think about this, Mom. What if you had a bottle of Drano sitting out on the counter, okay? Um, and it's just sitting there, and you got kids just like I got kids, and they say, hey, can I have some? Would it be good for you to say okay? No. All right, but what if, what if they kept asking? And they were pleading with you. And they kept, they kept asking you, hey, hey, please, please. And they were sure this is what they want. Would it be okay for you to say, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, now that you've asked a whole bunch, yeah, I'll give you some, uh, I'll give you some Drano. This will be real good for you. You want a full cup? Okay, yeah, you want a full cup. And then you put the cap on and you hand it to them. Would that be good? Some of you moms out there, this is giving you anxiety just having this in the kids' cup. <laughs> no. You'd be arrested, okay? They die, and what are you going to tell you know, the police? Oh, yeah, they wanted Drano, so I gave it to them. I, they asked for it, so I wanted to give them what they asked for. I love them. You know, of course not, right? That would not be okay. See, just like a kid, sometimes we think we know what's best for us. Just like a kid, sometimes we think we know what we want, and we don't. We all know. We think we do. We're pretty confident. We don't see any other, any other ways out. We don't see what other possibilities could be better. But we also don't know all the possibilities. And so God thankfully says no. By the way, God's allowed to say no, right? We're not sure about that one, right? God's allowed to say no. He's allowed to say no, but actually I don't even think he, he necessarily says just straight out no. I don't think that's necessarily God. Um, actually, I think God's more like, hey, um, I have something better for you than that. You and Drano, I'm not going to give that to you, but I actually got something better. See, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying if you're imperfect parents, you imperfect moms and dads, you know how to give good gifts, how much more does God know how to give? I think another way of looking at it might be um, like with a Rubik's Cube. Um, I hate these things. I don't know how to do these things at all. Um, one time in school, at, in college, they had a guy come in and he did, he broke a world record in front of us. In like five minutes, he did like 40, I don't know, Rubik's Cubes. And he was doing them on both hands at the same time. I don't even know how that's possible. Um, anyway, so Rubik's Cube. I think sometimes our prayers are like this. We're like, hey, God, I want the, um, I want the yellow square in the corner, really bad, okay? 
And God's like, well, if I move that yellow square over there, um, that's going to move a lot of other squares around in your life that you're not aware of. You know, I think a lot of things are a little more complicated than we make it out. God, do this for me now. Okay, we're impatient. This is how we think. This is how we do. And God's like, well, if I do that now, there's actually a lot of things that are going to be moving. That's going to mess up a lot of things in your life. That's not going to work out as good as you think it will. Or maybe God's saying, hey, trust me. You don't want that. You don't want that. See, God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And he's completely good. Think about this. What if, stepping out of the box here, what if he knows something you don't? Like what if God's plan includes you but doesn't center around you? What if his plan is better? What if his plan is way better than your plan? See, what if prayer isn't for us to impress or to impose our will, but to surrender our will? See, we see this even with Jesus. Remember Jesus in the garden? We talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were doing Easter. Where Jesus, he goes, and it's the night before he dies, and he gets down on his knees, and he begins to pray, and he's praying to the Father. And remember what he's saying? He's saying, hey, <laughs> there's another way. Let's go with that way. Hey, God, if there's some plan B, or Father, there's some plan B, let's go with the plan B. This plan A doesn't seem like great for me. Um, I, I don't really, you know, to go through all this, man, I, I, don't, I don't really know about that. But remember what he says at the end? He says, but whatever, your will be done, not mine. That's Jesus. He says, not as I will, but as you will. See, I think God answers your prayers the way you'd answer your prayers if you knew what God knew. So the question is, why didn't God answer my prayer? What's up with that? If you're a Christian, which probably isn't everybody in this room, but if you've given your life over to Jesus, I can tell you one thing. It's because maybe what you prayed for wasn't good enough for you. Because maybe he has something better for you. And actually, that's what we can trust in. That's what we can have faith in. Actually, it's even more than that. That's what we can rest in. See, God is so much more than an annoying lifeguard at the pool, watching over us, screaming his whistle at us. He's a dad. And he's a good dad, and he knows how to give. And so he asks us. Actually, he doesn't ask. Again, I said that wrong. He tells us to ask, to look. He tells us to pound on his door frequently, all the time, without stopping. And we know that he's going to give us what's best for us. Knowing that he loves us more than we even love ourselves, more than anybody else. And that he gives according to what's best for you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these words. And we thank you for answering our prayer. And you don't owe us that. You don't owe us what's best. But you give us what's best. And God, we thank you so much for that. Lord, help us, I mean, as we go into our week, and we got all these things going on in our life, uh, none of our lives are perfect. We all got issues. We all got 
things that we're dealing with. God, help us to remember, number one, to go to you and to pray, which is what you call us to do, and keep praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Help us to try to wear you out in prayer. But God, we also know that whatever the answer is, yes, wait, maybe no, whatever it is, that it's actually what's best for us. And we thank you so much for that. We thank you so much that you don't change the plan because of our thinking or because of our opinion. Your plan is what's best. And God, we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.